Welcome to episode two of my podcast as part of my Toastmaster journey. Today I'll be discussing running and nutrition. Later in the show I'll be joined by John O'Regan. John is an ultra runner. The list of races he has won include the Belfast 24-hour race, which he has won three times, and the Marathon de Sables. He has also worked with visually impaired runner Sinead Kane to complete seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. As an ED of a park run, I've heard all the reasons not to run. I'm too old. I'm too unfit. I don't have the time. When it comes to running, to me, anyone can run. It's the pace that matters. The scale of running, and particularly a park run, is massive. You have everyone from 15 minute 5Kers to people who are taking an hour 20. To me, the main point is you're getting out of the house and doing 5K, no matter what the pace is. Saying you can't run at park run because there's 15 minute runners It's like saying you can't take part in the local drama because there's someone there who won an award before. At Park Run, the only aim is to find the finish line. I will also be discussing nutrition. We have a lot of information thrown at us on this topic. Good fats, bad fats, macros, vegan friendly, protein, carbs. At times it can feel a bit like the old central bank ad, I don't know what a tracker mortgage is. In this case it's I don't know how to eat healthy. We will discuss this a little more. While we cannot cover all the information in one podcast, we'll be giving you an understanding to aid you make the right choices going forward. Before I continue, let me introduce you to John O'Regan. John, welcome to the show. Good evening, Philip, and thanks for having me here. No problem at all, John. Why don't you tell our listeners a little about you? My name is John O'Regan. I'm an Irish international ultra runner. I'm currently with the Irish ultra running team in a managerial role. I'm with Athletics Ireland as an advisor for ultra running and I would be the international team's coordinator. I also sit on a committee with the international governing body, the International Association of Ultra Runners, and I'm part of their communications team. I took up running when I was 31. The first race I ran was the Dublin Marathon, but I did that with a longer race in mind, which was the Marathon de Sable, one you just mentioned earlier. That's 150 miles across the Sahara Desert. Since then, I've gone on to run a marathon or ultra marathon on each of the seven continents, something which I did over this course of uh, seven years. And since then, I've also ran, as you mentioned, a marathon on each of the seven continents for a second time, but this time I did it in less than seven days. I've also represented Ireland on 10 occasions at European and World Championship level. I represented in 100 kilometers, 24 hours, and ultra trail. And I'm a three time national champion for 24 hours. My current personal best for 24 hours will be 229 kilometers and 800 meters. Thank you very much, John. You've, as we can hear from what you've said there, you've run a lot of distances, I think from 5K up to as you said, Marathon de Stables, which is 251k over six days. What would you say is your favourite race and what's your favourite distance? Well, my favourite distance is my favourite as a recommendation for runners, and I would say 10k. I think 10k is a great all-round distance for health and fitness. 5k can be a lot tougher because as, as the distance gets shorter, you tend to run faster, and that's just a natural instinct. You, no matter what the distance is, I think psychologically you're going to ration out your energy expenditure. 
So I think 10K can be that bit more enjoyable. And plus it encourages you to spend a little bit more time on your feet. And over the course of a week, it would encourage you to spend more time exercising. So for that reason, the 10K is my favorite distance. I'm a big fan of parkrun. And if you were to ask me what my favorite race was, in some ways I like to say I haven't ran my favorite race yet because I want to keep looking. I've ran in Antarctica twice, in the Antarctic Ice Marathon, and if I had a choice, I'd maybe like to go back and do that one again. Antarctica is a really amazing place. I'd say so, and I'd say a bit like the way the, the, way the Irish weather is at the moment, I'd say it wouldn't exactly be much colder. Could be warmer. Firstly, we'll look at the running side of things. We're near the start of the year here, and everyone's getting their ideas of the new year, new you. So first of all, what advice would you give to anyone? Was looking now to start off running or walking in order to get fit my first advice would be don't overthink it just get out there and, and do something it doesn't take a lot to actually get yourself running and as a start i would say get involved with something like park run and you don't have to venture too far from your house to actually find one they're popping up all over the place these days and the hardest part can actually be getting to the start line and that's not just physically but that can be psychologically because as you alluded to earlier people feel that they're not good enough and they might be under the impression that when they go down there they're going to be under a big magnifying glass everybody looking at them the good thing about parkrunning is there's no race numbers and you are in some way anonymous so there's nobody looking at you and it's quite the opposite people are more encouraging people want to see others succeeding and in some cases they're very welcoming to, obviously in most cases, they're even more welcoming to seeing new people turn up on the day. And there's always a call out at the start to who's a first timer and who's, who's visiting. So it's a, it's a very, very welcoming environment. And I've got a lot of people to go along, try the park run as, part of, as a way of starting the running journey. And I've told them if you go once you'll go again. And I haven't been proven wrong yet. When you go to the first one, I'd say use that as a benchmark and as a kind of springboard for where you want your fitness to go. Forget about where you are, just find yourself, find find the level that you're at at the moment and then over time look at, look at improving on that. Look at improving on where you are, not where somebody else is. Very true and while we're looking at obviously when running, as you've said, keep the goals simple. For some people, starting off the fit for life as the park runners, it may be just to find the finish line. There's others around the country at the moment who are looking for their seat on, on the plane to Tokyo. So would you agree that simplest thing to do, just have a simple goal, aim for it, and it's just you? Yes, I would totally agree with that. So keep it simple, but also make it some way meaningful and a little bit challenging, because it has to be challenging in order to change you. The first time you go would be looking to just get around, complete the distance. And your local park run is Castletown. And I'd say for anybody starting out at Castletown, the first day out, you should spend your time looking around and taking in the environment. It's, uh, the scenery there is fantastic and a nice, nice bunch of people as well. So the first time, just find your way around, take note of your time. Don't try and beat your time every week you go, because if you are one of those people that can improve on the time every week, yes you will be on the plane going to tokyo so not everybody is going to make those big improvements so my advice would be cover the distance the first time after you go there two or three times then look to put a little bit of an effort in 
you know, you must be doing the training in between those sections as well. Training is just another name for exercising. So when you go the third time, look at putting a little bit of effort in, just getting yourself slightly uncomfortable. And then following on from that, every third or fourth week, I say then try to push it a little bit harder and try and get what what's we know as a PB, a personal best, your personal best. That's where the word personal is used. So it's your best time. You don't need to be winning it. Just make a little improvement yourself. And you will find that because people don't feel uh, that they have it in them, there's a slight bit of uh, self-doubt and people don't think that they can do really what they are capable of doing. And it'll take a few weeks before those layers of doubt start to strip away. And then you st- when you set yourself these small, meaningful, but achievable goals that you then see, well, hang on, I am actually a little bit better than I thought I was. And you, you get that self-belief by achieving these little targets that you set yourself. I know, and you listen to the likes of Pat Ively, he talks about trying to improve by 1% every day. And just moving on now, just a small bit around... We've all heard lately the new Nike pink vapor ply shoes. As we see, there are records falling. I think by my count, in the last few weeks, the men's 5K and the women's half marathon record have both fallen. Do you think the likes of these are a good addition, or is it a case that technology has gone too far? Well, we've got to be careful with this now because it's very easy to be critical about something. But then we will go home and we'll be sitting in our recovery socks, checking what we just did on our Garmin, drinking our ready-made recovery drink. Some people might be using these fancy boots for recovery, putting Epsom salts into the bat. That's all come from uh, science and technology. It's just in a, in, a, in a different format. A question I would be asking is, are Nike making these uh, big technological advances or are the other shoe companies just standing still so who is 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 there an advantage is one company creating an advantage or are the other companies putting their customers at a disadvantage now i don't wear them and i've no intention of wearing them i i wouldn't be paying that kind of money for a pair of shoes that only last for 100 meters unless I think it was, it was going to be getting me somewhere like the Olympics where I'll be making money over, but they're not for me. Thanks very much, Sean. And now we'll just move on to nutrition. And a lot of people talk about when you're trying to lose weight, the main thing you need is a calorie deficit. When it comes to creating a calorie deficit, there's a few different schools of thought here. Some say you can create the deficit by eating the same amount, but increasing the calories you're burning by increasing your exercise. Others suggest you eat less and keep the exercise the same. The final group, I think you should do a bit of both and find the happy medium. Which one of these skills of thought would you be in? Well, before I answer that, I'll give a disclaimer, first of all. I'm no expert, so anything I say will be kind of based on my own experience and knowledge. I, however, I am a qualified running coach and I'm also a qualified personal trainer, so I do have some bit of a background. So from my experience, I'm going to go back to this park runner so we'll have a park runner who is taking a park run with the objective of not going to the olympics but they want to lose a bit of weight so first of all i would say you don't do two new things at the same time so they don't start running and then go on some kind of a mad diet so i would say the if they have 
uh, a balance at the moment that the weight is fairly constant that they should be then trying to maybe train the train it off rather than start to starve it off by removing uh, removing extra calories it would be like if you they're adding something to their week which is the the new training so they're going to be doing park run and plus when they start to enjoy it they'll want to get better at it so they'll start doing a bit of extra training that is the wrong time to start restricting the amount of calories that are going in for me i like to say i like to have my diet as simple and balanced as possible i eat fairly normal foods my meat and two veg the way i would select my veg during the week is i would have a look at what's on special in Dunn's or Tesco or Little any of those places and that encourages me to try something different I eat a lot of fish mostly salmon even though there's a lot of negative press about that now at the moment because of what they're eating but I I still think salmon is a really, really good food I still eat my meats eat plenty of fruit and as much as possible I try to eat food that is unprocessed it's not always it's not always uh, easy to do that but as a rule, they say if it doesn't have a label on it, chances are it's it's going to be okay for you. Thanks, very John. Much John, you've sort of moved on to the next next thing I was looking at, which is the idea of when you're looking at, at your food for the week, and the idea of just trying to make it as simple as possible. So one thing I know from this, what I try and do as much myself is just cooking from the raw ingredients rather than pre-packaged. But it's also a case just keep it simple and where possible try and prep meals ahead so you're not trying to shop while hungry or try and just pick something out of the freezer that's just convenient or would you be thinking along on those lines yeah i'd agree with that and i would try and avoid fads and stick to facts stuff that we know is good for us and proven to be good and anything that has has a well when i say a label i don't just mean a food label but when when you see a diet having a label or a way of eating being labelled. I'm not going to mention what any of those labels are because you'll be well aware of them. You actually alluded to one of them there earlier. So I'll try and avoid that as much as possible and just keep things simple. Because a lot of these fads will come and go, but the fundamentals will always remain the same. And as much as possible, I try to eat a wide variety of foods. Rather than eating a bunch of bananas, I'd have a few different fruits. On the plate, you wouldn't fill it up with carrots, you'd have other vegetables. And then over the course of the week, you should manage to get in all the vitamins, minerals, macronutrients and all that that you need. And the same goes for getting in your proteins and carbohydrates, which is just a technical name for meat and veg. Yeah, thanks very much. I know there's one of the people I've read over the years, talks when you're looking at the, at the vegetables, I think his idea is try and get all the colours of the rainbow over one week. I know myself, I'm probably a bit more plainer than you. But like I know weekly I'll sit down, I'll cook mince, I'll homemade made lasagna. They're both in the freezer for some nights. But I'll always have something to fall back on, which isn't as bad as others. So for that I use the likes of the Strong Roots burgers, the vegan burgers, which are they're quick. And there's a lot less in them than there would be for some of the other stuff. But I think just as we're going to be finishing up in here now, I know you're, on, I think, in the away team dressing room today. You present a podcast there yourself, the No Finish Line. So do you want to finish up by telling us a little bit about your podcast? Yes, uh, my own fin- podcast, as you mentioned, called No Finish Line. And the reason I started, well, actually, when I started, I, I knew that the market was going to saturate it. And was I just going to be another podcast doing the same thing? 
but some of the podcasts I was listening listening to, I didn't really like what they were saying, and there was too much bravado in them and BS. And I thought that they were rather than encouraging people to get involved and in doing things, that they were really turning them off. They were making things sound almost impossible. It was people putting themselves on pedestals and trying to keep it for themselves. So I set up this podcast as my way of actually saying no actually that's wrong but not coming out and saying that so I'm trying to be corrected with that so I'm inviting experts in the field that I know personally and I'm getting them to actually uh, give out the information as an example I had an, an exercise psychologist there recently and he was talking about exercise sport fitness testing all that kind of stuff and he can say it in a much better way than I can I've had world champions at 50 kilometers, 24 hours, 100 kilometers, and I have them talking about their training and what they eat. And you will start to see where everything kind of intersects and that the basics in every sport seem to be the same. So with that, I, I'm trying to, I suppose, be informative and educational and let people see that, that there are sports and activities out there for everyone. And if you want to try it, go, you know, there's nothing stopping you, give it a go very much and thank you for taking part tonight John so that's the end of my second episode here so next up we will be recording episode three where we'll have Carl Henry joining us so I hope you can tune in for that thank you <laughs>